Hello, Vetfolio Voice listeners. Welcome, and we're so glad you're back. This episode is sponsored by Blue Buffalo and features Dr. Greg Reinhardt, an animal nutritionist for the company. If you've ever wanted to know more about Blue Buffalo as a company, you've come to the right place. We delve into topics such as how ingredients are chosen, how they're sourced and quality tested, and some of the research behind the veterinary diets. My guest, Dr. Reinhardt, joined Blue Buffalo in 2016 and leads their research and development team that's responsible for product innovation, clinical studies, upstream technology development, and scientific communications. Dr. Reinhardt comes from the Matilda Institute, a nonprofit group focused on the nutritional health of children, where he applied his experience in the companion animal and human healthcare industries to help alleviate hunger and malnutrition worldwide. Prior to his nine-year stint in the Matilda organization, Greg had 17 years of companion animal nutrition experience, serving as the Vice President of Strategic Research and Communications for the IAMS Company and Director of Technology Development for Procter & Gamble's global pet care business. Greg's research interests include fatty acid metabolism, fiber fermentation, nutritional immunology, obesity, and the role of nutrition on cognition and well-being. During his tenure at the IAMS Company, he organized multiple IAMS Nutrition Symposia, which remain the largest international gathering of veterinary professionals, scientists, and academics dedicated solely to the sharing of new scientific findings in canine and feline nutrition. He's published over 250 scientific papers and abstracts and is an inventor on 14 patents related to nutritional discoveries. In 2014, the Ohio State University Department of Animal Sciences elected Dr. Reinhardt into its Hall of Fame for his scientific contributions to the pet food industry and influence on reducing childhood malnutrition. He's a fellow of the American College of Nutrition and an active member in other professional scientific organizations and serves on multiple boards of nonprofit organizations. He was great to talk to. Let's go ahead and get into our episode. Greg, Dr. Reinhardt, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about Blue Buffalo, and kind of some background of, of just where we're starting today? Well, I'm, a, I'm an animal nutritionist by training. I have a PhD in nutritional biochemistry. I started off working with livestock species. I went uh, initially out of grad school working on the human nutrition side with hospitalized uh, human patients. First joined the pet food uh, industry in 1990 and worked uh, nearly 20 years with the IMS company on the Eucanuba and IMS brands and was heavily involved in the formulation of Eucanuba veterinary diets. I uh, switched careers and worked on the human side again with malnourished children in a not-for-profit setting. And then in uh, 2016, joined the Blue Buffalo Company as its uh, senior vice president for R&D. Wonderful, wonderful. And could you just tell us a little bit more about Blue Buffalo in general? You know, we're kind of here to talk about some of the diets and, you know, we, we've all heard of Blue Buffalo, but can you tell us a little bit more about the company itself? Yeah, Blue Buffalo was founded in 2003 and it uh, rapidly became the leader in the premium segment of wholesome natural food products for dogs and cats. That's all we focus on is dogs and cats. And uh, we have a, a veterinary therapeutic line called Blue Natural Veterinary Diets that came out in 2015. So um, we really try to meet the needs of pet owners and 
also the nutritional needs of dogs and cats. That's why we use uh, only wholesome natural ingredients. And we have certain criteria with our True Blue Promise, no corn, soy, or wheat, no chicken or poultry byproduct meals, and only, only natural ingredients with added vitamins and minerals. So our goal was to do the both and, the right ingredients that pet owners wanted to feed and are increasingly selecting for, but also make sure that we combine those in the right formulations to make sure that the dog and cat gets the nutrients that are essential for its, its uh, well-being. Wonderful. And that was like a perfect segue into what we're here to talk about, ingredients and nutrients. So can you kind of give us an overview of maybe the difference between the two and why they're both critically important? Yeah, there tends to be some polarity on this topic. There's a camp that thinks that it's uh, only nutrients that matter. And then there's another group, increasingly a stronger group that says, well, if it's not the ingredients I don't want to feed, I'm not, I'm not going to choose that product. And we, we'd like to view it more um, as the both and. Um, what are the ingredients that pet owners want to use? Because they're the boss. They choose the diets that they're going to feed their dogs and cats. And compliance, uh, we think, with therapeutic diets is much better when it's a, a, a matrix, a, a formula that a pet owner can look at and kind of give a head nod and say, okay, I understand these ingredients. That's what I'd like to feed my, my family member, my four-footed family member, the dog or the cat. However, that's not enough. You've got to make sure that those ingredients provide the essential nutrients that they need. And that's where the testing comes in. Uh, you have to do a lot of uh, work on assessment of nutritional content, you know, stability, shelf life, feeding studies. All of our products go through extensive feeding studies to make sure that it meets the objective for, for that particular life stage, lifestyle, or life condition. And when we're formulating these diets to accomplish those goals, so you talked about you're an animal nutritionist. Can you talk about the different roles that are involved in formulating these diets to ensure you know good ingredients, proper nutrient profiles, and all of this? Yeah, it's, it's really um, a, a total team effort to take ideas um, from the chalkboard or from a computer screen and roll that out with a product that's on the shelf or in a veterinary clinic's office that's going to meet the needs for that, that particular indication. Uh, we have eight PhD nutritionists on staff at Blue Buffalo. Um, their sole focus is making sure that the ingredients have the nutrients that they need, that they're stable, and that they're formulated properly. Uh, we also do ongoing testing. Every location where we make food, at least three times a year, every ingredient at every location goes through a very thorough total nutrient content, and that goes into a database. It's kind of that old saying, uh, like with computer programs, garbage in, garbage out. Uh, if we don't have high quality data going into our formulation software, then we're, we don't have a, a very good chance of hitting our targets. So that's the first step, making sure that all the ingredients are stable, uh, they provide the nutrients we want, because you get some drift now and then, seasonality, and just changes in ingredients due to industrial criteria. So that's step number one. Step number two is we do prototypes. We feed them to dogs and cats. We look for palatability. We look for stool quality. We look for digestibility. Um, just because the nutrients are in the product doesn't mean that they can be broken down and assimilated into the body. Uh, we, for, for many of our uh, products, all of our cats, cat products, we look at urinary pH 
And also uh, for many of our therapeutic diets, uh, dog and all of our cat, we look at urinary pH and relative supersaturation index just to assess the propensity for that uh, urine to possibly uh, crystallize and, and, and have, have stones. So a lot of work goes into that. Um, also, we need to make sure that our products are stable on shelf life. So we do uh, accelerated shelf life testing, and then we do ambient uh, testing to make sure that the nutrients are there at the end of shelf life. So who all is involved in accomplishing these goals? What does the team look like? Well, the, the first step is, as I mentioned, is the, the PhD animal nutritionist. Uh, then we have food scientists that work with us to ensure uh, stability and, and acceptability over time. We have a team of veterinarians that weigh in on the needs of the veterinary profession for therapeutic diets. Also, they weigh in with uh, concerns or um, requests for diets for the general population that does not have a, a disease state that that could be nutritionally managed. Just uh, uh, they keep a pulse on on the clinical uh, issues out out in in the real world. And then we have a very capable quality team that ensures that what we design and what we intend to produce actually turns out that way, both at the time of production and later in shelf life. So it's a, it's a real team effort. And one additional thing with Blue Buffalo because we have you know really I'd say strict criteria on the types of ingredients and, and they have to be natural with added vitamins and minerals. We do a lot of uh, vendor audits to make sure that they meet our, our criteria. So we're talking a lot about, you know, natural ingredients, added vitamins and minerals, high quality ingredients, so to speak. How does a nutritionist define a high quality ingredient? And is that different from how, say, a pet parent would define that? Yeah, that's um, it's a very subjective area, um, and a nutritionist would view that generally is does it have the nutrients that you're looking for from that particular ingredient? For instance, a protein source, does it have high protein levels? Uh, does it have lower ash levels? The proteins that are present, what are the, what's the amino acid composition? You always want to look for higher essential amino acids, things like methionine and and lysine and cysteine, things like that, and is it digestible? Because like I said, uh, having all these nutrients in the food, if it can't be broken down and absorbed by the dog or the cat, it's, it's not that helpful. So the dog or cat's got to want to eat it. It's got to be available. And you also want to have good stool quality. You want to have shiny you know, skin and coat. You want bright eyes. You want energetic activity levels. Um, and you want to make sure you're not causing problems uh, with other organ systems. So a, a lot of things go into that. Now, a, a pet owner is probably going to look at this a lot differently than someone who's dedicated, you know, decades of their life to just studying uh, nutrient needs. They're going to look at this and, and say, do I understand what this ingredient is? Is this something that perhaps uh, I'd want to eat? More and more pet owners are, are treating their, their dogs and cats like family members, and they want to only feed them things that they would also uh, share with their family members or human family members or things they would eat themselves. So it's a little bit different criteria in some cases. And our goal is to make sure that we get the right nutrients in a form that a pet owner would want to feed their dog or cat. So making sure it's a high quality formulation that's meeting all of that pet's nutrition. And then kind of like you touched on with ingredients that pet owners understand and can get on board with. 
Yeah, that's uh, well said. And one thing that's um, difficult with ingredient quality uh, designations is we cannot, as a pet food manufacturer, put quality descriptors on our ingredient list. That's just not allowed because uh, it's very difficult to assess that. And so we had to use the generic terms, but we go above and beyond that in our procurement process and also in our ingredient assessment process. So let's talk a little bit more about how the ingredients are sourced, how they're quality controlled. Can you tell us a little bit more in that arena? Yeah, we have a, a network of preferred vendors that we use to source certain ingredients and they're audited periodically. Uh, before we bring a new vendor on board, we will send someone out to that location and, and do a very thorough checklist of, of criteria to make sure that they meet our quality needs. And we also need to make sure that those ingredients are natural by the AFCO definition. That's the Association of American Feed Control Officials. And uh, we'll use them if they pass that first step. But the other added criteria is it's got to fit our, uh, what we call the true blue promise. So no corn, soy, or wheat, and no chicken or poultry byproduct meals. Not that those are necessarily bad for, for dogs and cats, but more and more pet owners don't want to feed those to their dogs and cats. So we try and use ingredients that only a pet owner would want to feed their dog and cat. Absolutely. And does this extend any differently when it comes to the therapeutic line of diets? For the therapeutic line of diets, we use the same criteria. It's wholesome, natural formulas. And we, we you know, really, really focus on the nutrient delivery. Uh, for some situations, you, you need to manage mineral content, like with, uh, you know, feline urolithiasis, you got to be very careful on, on magnesium levels and you got to dial in the urinary pH really tightly. For some of the other um, situations, yeah, we, we, um, we double down, triple down on, on how, how much oversight we, we do at every step along the way. In all of our formulas, whether they're therapeutic or for over-the-counter, we do microbial assessment. It's a positive release, so every batch that comes out, um, we make sure that it's, it's clean from a microbial standpoint. And then for some of our therapeutic diets, we go um, above and beyond that, in particular, our dermatology diets. We, uh, for our hydrolyzed salmon diet and for our alligator-based diet, we will do ELISA um, testing to see if there's, to ensure that there's no uh, accidental contamination of potential antigens. Uh, we'll also do uh, PCR, polymerase chain reaction assessment, which is a very, very sensitive way to look at very minute quantities of potential antigens that could cause a, an allergic reaction. So we go through all that, and uh, I will tell you, it's very thorough, and it took a while to get that dialed in, but we're really happy that we do that. And it's, it's a best-in-class approach for, for the dermatology products. I would love to pick your brain about that a little bit more as far as like what antigens you're looking for. And do you have maybe an example of something you may have picked up where you had to then go back and make some changes? Yeah, we, we look at a number of uh, the common antigens, uh, beef, chicken, soy. Early on, we found that there was some accidental contamination and we didn't know where it was coming from at first. And so we had to work upstream in the ingredient procurement process. Uh, some of the containers that these ingredients were shipped in 
had not been cleaned out as thoroughly as we had expected. And so we had to institute new policies to make sure that the, they were cleaned out very thoroughly and there was no residual protein sources from, from you know, ingredients that we did not want to end up in our, our products. That was one, one area. And that's, that's very, um, very time consuming. And it's also uh, an expensive process, but one that we felt was necessary um, especially for dermatology diets, you know, if, if you're feeding the diet and you have an animal that is very sensitive to certain certain foods or has just cutaneous adverse reactions, you don't know if it's if it's a food allergy or if it's uh, an atopy condition, you want to know that the diet you're providing only has these proteins and importantly doesn't have these other ones that you don't want. So those are a couple examples. It, it took a lot of work to get there, but uh, we like we like where we're at today. Absolutely. It's like you're in my brain. Like now we're segueing into kind of my next set of questions, which is about these finished products. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, we talked a lot about ingredient sourcing and testing along the way. What are the industry standards for testing a finished product and how does that apply when it comes to blue? Well, there's, um, there's some criteria if you want to have uh, AFCO maintenance claims or AFCO all life stages claims. Uh, you can do that through nutrient content, and you can also bucket things by, by categories. Blue tends to feed these diets to dogs and cats and let them tell us how they perform on that for maintenance diets. And we have you know, some that are all life stages. So it, we, we like to have the dog or cat tell us how, how it's doing rather than just chemical analysis. And so, as I mentioned, there's a, a number of criteria. The first one is Will the dog or cat eat it? Um, the best food, if it doesn't leave the bowl, is not helpful at all. So that's number one. Uh, number two is what's the stool quality? In longer term, how do they perform on that? And that's best uh, determined by you know digestibility studies to make sure that they can assimilate all the nutrients. Some products uh, can start to lose nutrient availability over time. So we want to make sure that it's, it's shelf stable for the life of the product. What about organizations like AFCO and Wasava that we're hearing so much about recently? Yes, AFCO, um, the Association of American Feed Control Officials, has guidelines for maintenance uh, dogs and cats for all life stages. That can be puppy through senior or it can be kitten through senior cat. Then it has guidelines for gestation lactation. Those have been in place for, for many, many years a newer one that's getting more attention is the WASAVA Global Nutrition Committee Guidelines. And WASAVA stands for the World Small Animal Veterinary Association. Blue Buffalo does comply with the WASAVA Global Nutrition Committee Guidelines. So complying with, you know, AFCO and uh, the World Small Animal Veterinary Association uh, Global Nutrition Committee Guidelines is, is one one step of assuring that these diets are high quality and meeting the needs of pet owners and, and uh, veterinary clinicians that are recommending therapeutic diets. Another way to really assess this is how does the diets perform in a clinical setting? And Blue Buffalo has undertaken a number of clinical studies, and we have uh, results back from, from a couple I can, I can briefly share. Uh, the first is with our Blue Buffalo Natural Veterinary Diet, HF. And the HF stands for hydrolyzed fish. That's a hydrolyzed salmon diet. That was fed to um, 47 dogs that had cutaneous adverse reactions. It was a eight-week triple-blinded crossover study. So the 
pet owners didn't know what the food was being fed. The veterinarian who was assessed, the dermatologist who was assessing the skin conditions was not aware of what the products were being fed. And the statistician who, who assessed this also was blinded. So it was really, everyone was kept in the dark. And the uh, natural veterinary diets, HF formula was compared against the leading hydrolyzed formula on the marketplace. And the data came in and it was clear that the natural veterinary diet, HF, performed as well as the uh, leading hydrolyzed diet out there. In fact, the numerical trends show that it was superior in CADISI scores and other uh, dermatology assessment tools. The thing of note also was that there was half the adverse reactions uh, with the HF formula and it was more economical to feed. So uh, many of the uh, pet owners that were on the study were giving free food afterwards and they got to choose which one they wanted. And a lot of them, uh, most of them chose the, uh, the HF. So that's been a real, a real nice thing to understand. And it's, it's it, the product's performing very, very well in the marketplace. Another study that uh, Blue Buffalo conducted with its natural veterinary diet therapeutic line involved cats with suspected uh, struvite urolithiasis. This was conducted at the Ohio State University Veterinary School and also the North Carolina State University Veterinary School. Cats uh, were enrolled on the study. They were fed exclusively the blue natural veterinary diet, W plus U, that's for weight plus urinary dry diet. A majority of the cats had complete dissolution of their urolis within 28 days of feeding the W plus U therapeutic diet. And many of the cats had dissolution as early as 14 days. So what we learned was is this, this uh, product can do a really, really good job of cats that have chronic problems with urolith formation. And not only can they manage and help control formation of additional stones, but it can actually dissolve stones that are already in place in, in the urinary tract. Wonderful. So having some pretty big successes with the finished products that we're talking about here. Yeah, we are. We intend to continue doing more clinical studies to document the current clinical benefits. Uh, we get a lot of anecdotal positive feedback, but we'd like to, to share this information uh, with controlled studies uh, that are published in peer-reviewed journals to just give more confidence to the veterinary profession that our diets are are really good, they're safe, and, and they, they do the job that they're intended for helping nutritionally manage different clinical conditions. Absolutely. And if people wanted to learn more, you know, veterinary professionals specifically, if they wanted to learn more about the foods and the research that goes into them, where would they look for that information? Yeah, for more information, you can go to the website, bluebuffalo.com slash vet, and that'll take you to a microsite that will give nutritional information and indications for the various therapeutic diets we offer. It'll also share some of the clinical findings, uh, how the studies were conducted and what, what the clinical outcomes were on, on these therapeutic diets. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with us? Well, thanks for having us. Um, and just, you know, Blue Buffalo is very committed to the veterinary profession. We're increasing our involvement in a number of philanthropic efforts, and we're also increasing our involvement on CE, continuing education like this, this podcast. And there's other venues we're increasing our commitment to, to veterinarians and, and their, their livelihoods and, and their overall well-being. So we're looking forward to the journey uh, long-term, and we'd like to partner with the veterinary profession even greater in the future. So thank you. Thank you. 
All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. A big thank you to Dr. Reinhardt and Blue Buffalo for making this episode possible. And thanks to all of you for joining us. For more episodes like this, click on the education tab on the Vetfolio website. As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com. You can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.